Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Welcome to Greater Alton Church. My name's Tim, and it's uh, good to be with you this morning. We're in a series called Meeting Jesus. We've been looking at all the different people that Jesus met. You know, Jesus drew crowds. We had 1,700 people, lots of kids, lots of grown-ups, and uh, I don't know if you were here last night. It was a lot of fun. I enjoy uh, trees in the trunk. I've lost count how many years we've done this, um, but it was Oh, man, just to meet all these people. And I can imagine Jesus drawing crowds not to hand out candy. He was just talking, and people wanted to check him out. He was healing people, and people wanted to check him out. So he drew crowds, but he wanted to have conversations with many of them face-to-face. So you have all these examples of Jesus meeting people face-to-face. And I don't know, how many of you got to talk to someone last night? Anybody here got to wonderful? You know, it's, it's just a, it's a great experience. You know, they all people show up and then they stop there to have soup, and uh, while their kids are looking for several minutes and wondering what is this that I'm getting ready to put in my mouth, we got to talk to the parents. It was a lot of fun, and uh, it was amazing how uh, that turned out. Got to talk to several people, and uh, it's just a that's what it's about. It's about meeting people. I've had people say ask at the trees in the trunk, why do you do this? We are providing a safe place for kids, okay, for your family to come get candy. But we want to meet you, that's why. And we know you'll come to something hokey like this. And, and uh, we have a good time. We get to have discussions and uh, get to talk to you, get to invite you to church and get to know you a little bit more. Um, Jesus met all kinds of people. That's what we've learned in this series. He met rich people, poor people, powerful people, weak people. He met popular people. Some people were popular the other way around. They were outcasts. Nobody wanted to be around them. He met religious people and pagan people. And there were people of all ages. And that's why I thought on the heels of Treats in the Trunk, we'd talk about kids, how God feels about kids. Because he met children, too. Now, there are not a lot of passages in the Bible, uh, in the Gospels, about Jesus meeting children. But I want you to know, when you read them, there's lots of information in them. You know, Jesus loved children. And he, he wanted to be with kids. Look here at this passage in Mark 10. I was reading it in my seat a minute ago, just to make sure it was still in the Bible. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. That word indignant is a fancy way to say he was mad. Okay? He said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them. He says, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. I've read this passage for years. Uh, I worked in kids' ministry for over 20 years, enjoyed every second of it. Some of you were with me in the kids' ministry, and we're just having kids' ministry out here. You know, it's just kind of a, I don't even know if it's a grown-up version. I'll not even say that. But we try to look at the scriptures much like we did as children together in Bible time. And, you know, you read a passage like this, and Jesus has got a bunch of people gathered around, and moms are bringing their kids to him, and the disciples are, you know, it's like they're an entourage, a wall of protection. I'm sorry, you can't go. You know, like a bouncer. You know, what are you doing here? You know, I, I want to get my kid to Jesus. He's got no time for your kids. You know, kids, get out of here, you know. Uh, like W.C. Fields, go away, kid, you're bothering me. You know, that kind of a kind of a thing, you know. And then you look at Jesus, he's not happy. He's not happy at all with this behavior at all, is he? And it's interesting that you see two kinds of people in this story. People who like children and people who don't give a rip about them. You see that, don't you? And so, and look, and look who are the people that are having trouble with kids? The disciples. Oh, that's interesting. And you think, may say to yourself when you read this passage, you know, what's wrong with these guys? Well, before you get too hard on these disciples, I want you to know, they come by it naturally. Their culture promoted that approach to children. When you, when you read about the culture of, of the Greek and Roman culture and its effect on Judaism. You know, Jews loved kids, 
for a long time, for centuries. You know, they, they held them up. They, they promote, it's promoted in the Old Testament to value our kids, to value children. But Greek and Roman culture had a big impact on Jewish culture. I don't know if, you, you know, if you've ever done a study on, on how kids were treated during the Roman Empire and during the Greek Empire. But kids did not have status. They, did, they were not valued. We say things like this. Children should be seen, not heard. They believe they should be seen or heard. They didn't want them around. They were considered servants, you could say. Um, they were, they, again, they had no status, no rights as human beings. They, were, you, they didn't speak. They didn't speak out. They kept their mouths shut. Now, some of you are going, I kind of like this Roman Empire. Now, wait a minute, okay? Before you get too attached to that, uh, we could use a little Roman Empire around here. Well, before you get too excited about the Roman Empire, you may want to know this. It, they had laws on the books where they wanted male children over female children. Male children were lifted up. Female children were not. In fact, uh, Roman laws, some Roman laws had, they, they, they encouraged families to have Three boys to one girl. And if you had too many girls, well, do something with that problem. Now, they never really enforced that law, but that was the kind of things they promoted. Uh, a child, uh, if, if a father, a Roman father, had a problem with a child, they were getting into mischief, they wouldn't listen, they wouldn't respect, he didn't give them a spanking, he put them to death. All he had to do was say the word, and they were, they were put to death. Uh, a, a Roman father could sell their child, their son, into slavery three times. Are you kidding me? Three times. They could sell him into slavery. After the third time, the son was free. He could not be sold by the father anymore. That's interesting, isn't it? You also, something else about him is the, the, the children of slaves. If children of masters didn't have any rights, what about the children of slaves? Well, they were called, referred to as pet children. And they were used to play with the master's kids. That was their role. That's all they did. So there was not a lot of, not a lot of respect for children and during the Roman Empire. I got to tell you, there's times you can, you see it. There's not much respect for children in our society. We have assumed so many ways that smaller in stature means smaller in significance. And yet the Bible does not teach that at all. That, in fact, look what the Bible says in Psalms 127 verse 3. And listen, you need to accept this. Children are a gift from the Lord. Babies are a reward. You know, I, I thought this, this passage means a little bit more to me than... than um, than most passages because the name Nathan means gift from God and the name Matthew means gift of God. And I didn't know that when I named my children, you know. And I thought, wow, they are gifts. One of them was a surprise gift. Surprise! <laughs> Which one was that? Figure that out, okay. But it says children are a gift from God. They're from the Lord. And babies, they are a reward. They Really? Reward? Are you sure about that, Tim? Is there some Hebrew problem there? No, that's what it says. Reward. And they really are. Kids are a blessing. I love this one. Grandchildren are the crown of the age. Now, if you'll notice, the passage before is in the International Children's Bible. And I picked this English Standard Version on purpose because uh, the International Children's Bible says... Grandchildren are a reward for old people. And I was offended by that. I didn't like that. Aged. That sounds like wine, you know. We still know wine before it's time. It's aged and it gets better. Not old people. That sounds crusty, you know. Bob Stanford and I, we talked a little bit. He deals with uh, seniors on the go. And every once in a while you'll see they're going to do something. And they got a little logo. Seniors on the go. And it's got an arrow. Like they're moving. And he said, yeah, I wanted to call it old people on the run. I didn't know what he meant by that. You know, and I thought one time of making a bulletin just for him that had some silhouette of an old lady with a, with a walker, you know, running. And call it old people on the run and watch him go, oh my gosh, you know, what are you doing? But grandchildren, 
And I've got two grandbabies with a third one coming. And I can tell you, it is such a reward. It's like a crown on my head. I love my two grandbabies. And man, when they were there last night, you know, and they're both walking now, that means you really got to watch them. Yeah, you got to keep your eyes on both of them because they can maneuver now. And you've got Carmody going, hmm, you know, doing this. And you got you know, Nora going, hmm, you know, she just kind of sashays. I don't know what's going on there. So. But they're so cute and, they, you know, and their eyes light up. I can see why grandkids are such a, such a blessed and a crown for the aged. I'm glad it's that way. You know, uh, children matter to God and they mattered to Jesus. He saw them as gifts and as rewards. And as a disciple, you and I need to see them the same way. They're not rug rats. They're not yard apes. I've called my sons those. I'll never forget, growing up, growing up Catholic, uh, we went to a, a house in our small town of Albion. There was no Catholic church in Albion, so they, they kind of bust in the nuns from Mount Carmel because it was a real Catholic church there, you know. And I remember Dad Mom sending us to the nuns once a week. Remember that, Danny? And we learned that we could say hell without getting slapped, you know. If we said hell at home, Dad would go, Stop cussing! And so... One day we were with the sisters. I'll never forget this. We're sitting there talking, and we're talking about heaven and stuff. And I said, well, but sister, can I ask a question? Yeah, what about hell? And she goes, well, hell is a real place. And she starts telling me about hell. And I go, and Danny goes, so it's okay to believe in hell? I go, hell yeah. Hell, that's right. You know, I've always wondered about hell. Me too, Danny. And, we're, and I'll never forget the nun goes, that's enough about hell. <laughs> and we got back to, you know, heaven. Remember that? And then Dad come pick us up one time. And he goes, oh, so how were the little devils? And the, one of the sisters goes, oh, Jim, never call your sons little devils. They're not little devils. And I watched my dad, who had very little religious respect for any kind of religion, go, I'm sorry, sister. I'm going, wow, could you come home with us? <laughs> talk to my dad? They're not rugrats. They're, they're children. And they have value to God. They're gifts. They're rewards. You know? And you say, well, you've lived with my kids for a while. Maybe you'll change your mind. Well, no, listen, we know all kids. I read somewhere it said that, it said this. It said, childish behavior. It was, a ki- it was in our kids' handbook, in Discovery Land handbook. I found it. And it said, childish behavior is very stressful. And then that's one fact about working with kids. Childish behavior can be very stressful. You need to know that. Then the writer it said, children act with childish behavior. It's like, you know, like, let's, let's face it, you know, we're going to have kids that act up and do things, and yet the Bible says they're rewards, they're crowns. They matter to God. They should matter to you. Now, you don't have to be a parent to appreciate children. Jesus, though he had no DNA, kids, refers to people as his children. He valued children. He picked them up in his arms. He blessed them. He prayed over them. And he says, hey, let them come to me. Don't stop them. For crying out loud, they're supposed to be here. They're supposed to be in the church. They're supposed to be with God's people. They're probably more qualified than most of us here. For theirs is the kingdom of God. So what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about why should kids matter to you and I. And then I want to talk about uh, how do we bring them to Jesus. So let's look at these. There's three things I notice in this passage and these passages about Jesus and how he treated children that kind of shed light for you and I to understand how we should view kids. We should value them too as disciples. Okay? Why Why should children matter to me? Well, number one, because children matter in heaven. They really do. Look what the Bible says. Look what Jesus says in the International Children's Bible. Be careful. Don't think these little children are worth nothing. You catch that? Jesus is warning you and I, don't underestimate the value of a child. 
Don't assume they're worth nothing. I tell you that they have angels in heaven who are always with my Father in heaven. What's he saying? They matter in heaven so much, there's angels. Is this where we get the... Do you think, I mean, Tim, do you think it's, uh, this, there's such a thing as guardian angels? It says that kids have angels. Well, what about those kids that are killed? You know, you find out you're killed by bombings and terrorism and, and you know, mistreated. They have angels. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to mess with a child with an angel at their, at their side because they're at heaven going, God, did you see what happened to my child that I was supposed to be taken care of? Because angels provided mess, a message and protection in the Bible. That's what they did. And I don't know how to answer your question if you're thinking, what about these kids that are hurt and killed and all this? All I know is this. Those people are going to pay for what they've done. Because an angel is watching over those children. They matter to God. Look at this up on the screen. Here's Matthew 18. Look what it says here. In the same way your Father in heaven does not want any of these little children to be lost. Some people say, well, he's talking about new believers, young believers. He could be talking about that. But I think it's interesting. He uses a child to illustrate and says, I don't want my little children lost. I don't want them to perish. I want them with me. And as a disciple, again, guys, the disciples were saying, stay away. And Jesus says, no, as disciples, you want them to come to me. And as a church, don't we want children? I want children. I want children here because they matter to God. They matter in heaven. Number two, why should children matter to me? Because children are closely connected to God. Look at this passage, Luke 9. Jesus knew what they were thinking. What were they thinking about? The disciples were thinking about who's the greatest in the kingdom. Who's the, the most, you know, the greatest, most value, valuable person in the kingdom? And Jesus, it says here, knew what they were thinking. So he took a little child and had him stand beside him. Now, I, have a, I had a great-grandfather who was 6'2". And I'm named after him, by the way. And... I remember as a four or five-year-old looking up at him, and he looked like the Empire State Building. I mean, he was tall. He's a giant. I'm thinking, he's the Jolly Green Giant. I just know it, you know. And, and now my two girls, my little baby girls now, the grandkids, are looking up at me, and I know they've got to be going, oh, my gosh, he towers. So I'm always trying to get down. And so to get the picture in your head, here's Jesus standing there, the Son of God. Who's the most important person to have ever lived on this planet if it's not Jesus, right? And he brings a small child right next to him. So the difference in stature is staggering. The difference in importance, well, that's also staggering. Because he, he says, how do I illustrate to you guys what greatness in the kingdom looks like? And, and how can I get you guys to understand the connection with me, how important it is. Oh, I know, in the kingdom. Here's all I'll do. He takes a little child, has it stand beside him. And they stand there among the disciples. And he says this, If anyone accepts a little child like this in my name, then he accepts me. What's he saying? We're a set. We're a set. We're together. We're connected. This child matters so much to me, Tim, okay? And if you accept that little child, you know you accept me too? What if I don't accept that little child? He says, if you accept a little child, Tim, you accept me. And by the way, and it goes even further, you accept my father. We're all in this together. And then, then he, and he, you, know, you can see people going, what, a little kid? Why would I want to accept a little kid? They get in the way. I am telling you, they're important. Here's how important they are. He who is least among you, like this child, socially, culturally, this child is the lowest. He's saying, he who is least among you, you all is the greatest. Did Jesus Christ just say, children, 
are the greatest in the kingdom of God? Is he saying they are great in the kingdom of God? Shouldn't they, if they are greatest in the kingdom of God, be treated with respect? I'm not saying we don't spank them. I'm not saying we don't you know, scold them or discipline them. But shouldn't we treat them with love and respect? Because Jesus says, if you're like this kid, you're the greatest in the kingdom. He's telling grown-ups that. They're connected closely to God. And their status is not insignificant in the kingdom. You know, a lot of times, I worked in kids' ministry, and we got the leftovers from every other ministry. We got the computers that didn't work very well anymore, give it to the kids' ministry. Oh, by the way, that's still happening, isn't it? Somebody want to get a new computer for the kids' ministry? Hey, go for it. That thing is a nut. We get the copiers from... Amen. Oh, look, here's some leftover stuff. We'll give it to the kids. And they're the greatest in the kingdom. That's why when we do stuff out here, trees and trunks, people say, man, you guys go way overboard. You should just do cars. Well, the reason we go way overboard is because, oh, we're trying to make a name for ourselves. No. Some of us actually think a kid would get a kick out of that. And that's why we do lights and crazy stuff and music and, and the shrinking they talk. <laughs> I told, I remember, I'm, I'm giving out chowder. I go, you want to try this uh, chowder? I don't know. I go, well, oh, wait a minute. You know, he's a little kid. I go, you know, I used to be your size. And then I ate chowder. And look at me now. And Alan says, and that was just two days ago. That's what he said. Give me some of that, Mom. No, 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 let him have it. You don't want this, kid. Move on. What is it? It's chowder. It's not good. I'll take some. One time I said to a kid, I, I go, hey, uh, this will make your blood blue. I don't want my blood blue. I want it red. No, you don't want it red because if it's all red, you're dead, buddy. You want it blue. It's blue inside, red outside. That's not good. He'll be a doctor someday, I'm sure. They see Star Wars. They see all this stuff. They see, they see friendly people. But you know what? who's really watching? These parents are watching how we treat their children. I don't know how many times I'm talking to this kid and I look, glance up at mom or glance up at dad and they're grinning. Why are they grinning? Because that kid is great in their eyes. In a world that still doesn't put a lot of stock in children, around a Christian, oh, it should be so clear how we feel about kids that we agree with God. He or she is the greatest. They matter to God. They're close connected. And, 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 and here's the third reason they, ought to, they matter, okay? And that's because children can be godly role models. They really can. Oh, kids say the darndest things. Oh, they sure do. They show us the darndest things, too. Sometimes they show us how to act. Remember, what's that book, The Things I Learned in Kindergarten? I don't know if you've ever read that. I love that little book. And I have to admit, my granddaughters right now are teaching me how to work with girls. Because I'm a boy guy. Hey, come on, let's go, let's wrestle. You know, and the girls are like, talk softly. Don't do any erratic behavior. I don't think I can do that. Take it easy. Pick me up gently. I'm a girl. Don't make my lip come out. Here it comes. No, 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 no. I want that. You got it. If it's a boy, I want that. Forget about it. I, I joke, but they do supply some godly ideas and ideals to us. Look what Jesus said here. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. And he says this. Because the kingdom of heaven belongs to people who are like these children. If you're like this child, you'll possess the kingdom of God. Are children members of God's kingdom? I believe they are. I believe we find another patch that says they are. But that's not the only thing Jesus is teaching. 
He's saying, hey, you can be like them. If you're like them, they'll show you how to live in lordship under authority. If you look at them close and watch them, they'll show you how to learn, how to listen. What age are these kids, Tim? I'm saying, guys, you know kids, uh, I know they act up. But little children hang on your every word. I don't know how many times I hear someone say, tell me a story. Tell me a story. I like your stories, Tim. I'm going, really? Some of them are 26, 27, are still asking. Okay? But you know, it's, hey, but it's true. It's true. I had Olivia last night go, tell us a story, Tim. And I'm in the middle of one. He goes, that's boring. I go, you're in the middle of it. Talk later. But they show us how to live, how to act sometimes. Why is it that two kids can be fighting one second and then get along seconds later? But adults, we tend to let it hang on a little longer, don't we? Kids show us some things. We can learn from children. In Matthew 18, look what the Bible says. He called the little children to him and placed the child among them. That's important. He said, these, you remember now, you know, they're all trying to get through. The kids can't get through. And he goes, no, 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 let them, come here, come here, come here. And I can just see these kids, you know, there's this wall of disciples, and they're like this. And finally you can just see their shoulders kind of go. And the kids are slipping through between the bodies, and they're coming to Jesus. You know, and as he's seeing this, and as they're seeing this, I wonder who the guy, by the way, which disciple do you think was that said, you can't come in? I wonder if it was Peter, you know. Oh, here we go. Here comes the shame again, you know. And, and here come the, the kids are coming through. And as they're coming through, they, they hear Jesus uh, say these words. Truly I tell you, unless you change, which means you need to change, disciples. Hmm, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Why is it that we encourage our kids to act like adults? Jesus says to our adults, to all of us as our adults, act like children. That's what he says. Act like a child. You say, well, Tim, now, you know, I, have, I don't need any help because, man, when I throw a fit. No, I'm not talking about that. Jesus didn't call us. He isn't talking about childish behavior. He's talking about childlike behavior. That's different. Now, some of us here are really good at being childish, but childlike, humble, teachable, approachable, just not sharp enough to lie through it all. Uh, believe the capacity to believe and hope to obey when our heavenly father says I want you to do this and like a child okay okay I will listen you know, Jesus, I get the impression from this, some of these passages that Jesus thinks that children are better examples in the kingdom than adults. He says, look at those kids. He says, bring them to me, and now I want to put them right among you as disciples. Why? I want you to see they matter to me, and you can learn from them. When's the last time you've learned from a child? Or have you not been paying attention because you think they're not significant? Jesus says, oh my goodness, the kingdom needs them. The rest of us need them. Now look at this passage with me in Luke 18. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. This is Luke's version. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And I want to make it clear again. Jesus says it just as clear as a bell here. Disciples, don't keep children from me. Disciples, if you're going to follow me, I need you to help get those kids to me. 
That's why we're not just giving candy out. We're giving out love every year. And I watched that. I walked around with Bob. You know, Bob was dressed up as Dracula. I wondered if he was going to—he was scaring some kids. But you know, he's sitting there going, "Hi, why are you scared of me? You look like a bloodsucker. That's what, you know. It scares me, man. You know, <laughs> he was walking around going, "Hi, happy Halloween. Hi, kids, want some candy? No, I want to get away from you." you know? He goes, "Watch what I do to your granddaughter." And he walks up to Nora. Hi, Nora. And the lip starts. I'm like. But we're walking around. I stop at the grandma's, where the grandma's are, and I get hugs from all the grandma's. And one of them says, my back hurts. The other one says, you never come by enough. You know, they're being grandmas. I don't know what that means. Denise, you might want to take some notes there. I don't know. But, but, but you know, that, that idea, you know, and I'm sitting there just, and I'm watching the kids go by, and they're watching these, they're paying attention to these children. Watching how people love the kids. They're not into just, let's get some popcorn going through her. Let's get some soup to them. Let's entertain them for a minute. They're trying to find a way to connect in just a few seconds. Many of you were doing that. God's got to be pleased with that. Isn't it awesome? That's so awesome because you're making a, you're, you're giving a positive, you're giving a positive picture of Christianity to a child. You're valuing them because you're paying attention to them. I heard some parents say one time to me, if you get my kids, you get me. Is that true? That's true. I've watched, I've watched people come and leave this church based on their kids. And guys, I tell you, last night I watched us focus on children and it was so rewarding. Sometimes you ought to break out of your little booth and go walk around if you don't get a chance and just watch what everybody else is doing. It's cool. It's really cool to see. Why are we doing that? One of the reasons we do it is to make Christ attractive. Because Jesus says, I want children close to me and among you. So now what I want to talk about for a second here is, what can I do to bring children to Jesus. I've got four ways, and they're just simple ones. The first one is pretty obvious, huh? What do you think of that? If I want to bring children closer to Christ, I need to be kind and not cranky. Hello? I choose. That's what I notice in this passage. There are kind people in this passage. There are grumpy, frumpy, crusty people in this passage. You've got... You've got Listen, you've got moms who are bringing their kids, who are kind to their, their kids, want their kids to be near Jesus. You've got Jesus who's kind, and you've got these disciples that are just being God-awful, not thinking. They're being cranky. Well, I don't have any kids. I don't have to worry about it. Not my kid. And Jesus says they are your kids. They could be your kids if you just love them. It says here in Mark 10, he took them, the children in his arms, and he put his hands on them, and he blessed them. You know, he, I noticed this. Jesus, the, the moms may bring the children near Jesus, but it's Jesus that gets them in his arms. And that's something we can learn. You learn a lot about relationships from watching Jesus. I'm learning something here. That just because I got somebody close... And my proximity doesn't mean they're close to me. And just because you got somebody in your home or somebody in your church building doesn't mean they're close to you. That you've got to be a certain... You know, I, just, I, I can just imagine these kids, you know, they're wanting to go up there and, and the disciples say no. And then Jesus says, come on. And they're running from those disciples. Get out of my way. You've been, you know, we've went over your head. And, and it's Jesus' kindness and affection and tenderness that they sense from. These kids sense that. Listen. Children can and will read you too. They can tell. They can tell. I mean, ask yourself... Which one do I want to be? Do I want to be the like Jesus or like one of the disciples? Some of you know Vernon Matthews. He was 80 years old, about 78 or 79 when he was baptized. 
And um, we were studying. He'd been living with Karen for 19 years. I didn't know this. We're studying the Bible about what sin is and everything. And he goes, well, I guess I need to get married. And I go, what? Huh? I've been living with Karen for 19 years. You've been shacking up with this woman for 19 years? He goes, I've been a bad boy. (laughs) That's what he said. (laughs) So he gets married. We keep studying. That summer we go to Colorado. He's baptized at his pond when we come back. I dearly miss him. I go by and see his grave every once in a while. I'll drive by and say hi to him. His body, I guess. But uh, the thing I thought was interesting was we were talking one time, and we had a small group of about 10 or 12, but we had about 10 or 12 kids, too. And they're running everywhere. And we're in, we're in their house. And he's nervous. You can see on his face. Sweat, anxiety. I'm going, Vernon, what's going on? He goes, Tim. And he put his fingers together. That means he's thinking. Tim. I hate children. I go, what? I've, I never told you that. I hate children. You mean, you, you, that's a figure of speech. No, I hate them. I don't like them. They break things. They make messes. They're loud. And all of a sudden, you know, some kid goes by and goes, see? You know, I don't want to be around them. And I'm like, Vernon, you've got to change that. I know. I need help. I need help. He had no kids. He had no kids. He, had, he was associated with children because Karen had some kids. And he just didn't care for them. And so we worked on that for years. Okay? And he, he just very upfront about it. I just want to ask you guys, you know, uh, what, what are you, kind or cranky? How do I know, Tim? How do I know if I'm kind or cranky? I mean, is there a way I can... Yeah, I'll tell you how. What are the kids saying about you? What do teenagers say about you? That's how you can know. What do, what do, do small children say about you? Look at this passage here. This is a passage here that says, When the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, talking about Jesus, and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna, the son of David, they were indignant. I could not find one place in the Bible where a child criticizes Jesus. It's always positive. Always positive. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read, and this is from Psalms, from the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praises. He says, they can't help but talk about that. It's in the Bible. It was supposed to happen. You see, when you're nice and you're kind, I'm not saying be, you, you can't have discipline, you can't you know, correct kids, but when kids know you love them and you're kind and you're considerate and you respect them, I'm not saying they're going to walk through the streets and go, Hosanna, Tim, Hosanna. I don't want them to do that, okay? But you know what you hope will happen? They'll praise God because of you. That you'll be that kind of positive impact. What, what, again, it does go without saying, you know, what do kids say about you? He's grumpy all the time. She's always on my back about something. Is that what you want to be? Let me tell you, guys, that holds people back from getting into this church. When we're grumpy and frumpy with children, I know sometimes you know we remember when this remember when we got first got in this thing no coffee stains anywhere remember that no ceiling tiles that had like uh, patterns of Jesus I don't know what that was it's kind of scary leaky stuff you know it was all brand new I'll never forget someone said we're not going to have any food in here are we well uh, oh we can't have any food in here I don't want these kids remember kids running around. Running around the, around here, it's a big space. What do you expect them to do? Well, parents need to be on top of their kids. Well, of course you need to be on top of your kids. But they're kids. I came from a church back in Olney. We built a new building. We only spent $243,000 on the building. We didn't spend a million point two. And the the family that donated the most money said... Now, we're not going to have any food in here, no soda in here, no, not going to have kids running around. I'm going, then we're not going to have any kids in this church. There'll be no, this church. This church will be in trouble in a few years because you'll run them all off. They ran them all off. 
youth group of 50, down to three or four, ran them off because of coffee stains. And Now, do you like coffee stains? Do I like coffee stains on the carpet? No. But if I had to choose, well, how come? Well, let's choose both. Okay, you work on that. Okay, I'll work on that. But I will tell you this. Kids running around, it's a blessing. We got so many couples having children. Megan's having twins, you know. That's uh, Nick and Bree are having a child. Am I right about that? Yeah. Matt and Brian. Have I got everybody right so far? I know one time I got that wrong. I think it's great. John and Elena. That's right, John and Elena. Isn't that something? You know, that's just cool. Yeah, exciting. Yeah. And we should be excited about children being around here. It's good for us. But are you cranky or are you, are you positive? Because I'll tell you what, guys. What attracts children to Jesus are kind and respectful followers. Number two, here's a quick point. Bring children with me to church. Or you could say, or to my house, or to church, Christian events, or just get them around me. If you live in neighborhoods, you've got kids all over the place. And I was talking about John and Elena in the first service. We went over to see their new house. They, they've got this beautiful home. And nice, great, nice neighborhood. And there are all, kids are already meeting new people. And they won't let their kids go over to these neighbors' house because they don't know the neighbors yet. But I love it what John and Elena's told their kids. But you can have them come over here anytime. Let's do that. Uh, what better place to be in a Christian home? There's something powerful about that. There's something influential about bringing your kids, whether it be to church, to a church activity, to a youth group activity, to a small group. You know, I know sometimes small groups we get together, oh man, we've got to find somebody to watch these kids. Well, praise God we got kids to watch, huh? And, and, you know, sometimes, I'll never forget, we had, like I say, we had a, a group of 12 or 13 adults, and we were outnumbered by kids by one. I think of 14 kids. And we're trying to have a small group, and one of them bangs on the patio door, covered in mud. And, he's, and he goes, bang, bang, bang. We're all looking, and he goes, yeah. And he's just covered in mud. I'm like, well, I guess, I guess small group's over. <laughs> because we, we, they were somewhere in a mud hole somewhere, you know. Who's watching them kids? I thought you were, you know. But, uh, you know, that's good to be together. Even if they're messy, it's good to be together and get them around other Christians. It's good for them to, to be around you as a Christian, as a follower. They get to see how you treat your kids and how, you know, guys, uh, Danny and I uh, had a neighbor named Dwayne Adams who used to write on a chalkboard scriptures. We would go down there as junior high, high school students and bail hay for him. We'd watch how he, he went to our church. But, you know, you only, you only see snapshots at church. We go to his house and we watched how he treated his wife, Helen. We also noticed that when he'd break something or if he's fixing something... If he hit his thumb, he would pray. Now, my dad prayed a different way. <laughs> a little louder and a little more, a little more descriptive, if you say, you know. I don't think you can use that language to throw in a heaven and get anywhere, Dad. Shut up! You know, Dwayne was praying, oh, God, help me there. Oh, and, oh, and I'm like, aren't you going to throw something, Dwayne? Aren't you going to throw a fit? Or, you know, and I, was, I learned something. He, he never knew the impact he made on us. Never knew it, Danny. But he made an incredible impact on us just because we were in his home. Just because we were with other... You know, when I, when, when I was raising my two sons and I was around some good Christian men or good Christian women or whatever, you know, and we were going on a trip, hey, ride with them. Not to make life crazy for the couple they were riding with now, but so they could be around other people. It was beneficial. I mean, you may not like it, but it's true. It takes a village, especially of spiritual people. I needed help with my kids. Got plenty of it. I th I'm grateful for that. So bring your kids. Get them involved. You know, they brought babies to Jesus, and he placed his hands on them. Here's the third one. Pray for them. Somebody prayed last night for Teresa the Trunk. Somebody was praying about Teresa the Trunk. I don't know who you were. I wasn't praying about Teresa the Trunk. I've, it slipped my mind. I was praying about chowder. 
Is that silly? I was praying about chowder. Oh, God, please let no one die. You know, you know. And they eat this. <laughs> What's in it, Tim? A little of everything. But anyway, it's the, the, I just what I, I want you to know is I, I, I know somebody must have been praying that we meet people. I had so many conversations. Alan, uh, we got, we were, uh, Alan and Chris were serving, uh, uh, and they were talking. We got to share our faith, got to talk to people, invite people to church. It was wonderful. Somebody was praying about them, about families. And I tell you, that brought power into last night. And, when, and look what Jesus does here. When the peop, then the people brought the little children to Jesus so that he could put his hands on them and pray for them. What's Jesus going to pray for when he prays for a child? Let your imagination go. That's what you should pray. Pray for those Pray the prayers of Christ. Talk about the prayer of Jabez, prayer of David. Here's a prayer I'd be interested in knowing. What did Jesus pray about when he prayed about children? What did the mothers hear and the disciples hear? Over here, Jesus say as he's praying and holding them and hugging them and caressing them, is what's he could he possibly be praying about? Their well-being, their future. Absolutely. Who are the children you're praying for besides your own? Number four, I direct children toward God. What do you mean, Tim? Well, look what it says in Mark 10 here. Some people brought children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. Now, this is significant because the Jewish custom of the day was to take and bring your child to the rabbi, the local rabbi. And he put his hands on them. Now, I don't know. What's that look like? Is that kind of like, you know, the Pope and he does, what he does, you know? He puts his hands on them, does a little thing. And is that what he's doing there? Is that what the priest... I don't know what the rabbi's doing. I don't know what he's doing. Is it ceremonial? It's possible. It's just a ceremony and it's some ritual that I tend to believe that it's become a ritual and a ceremony, like a good luck thing. Because the mortality rate at that time was awful. And when you had a a little child, you wanted it to live a a long time. By the way, the life expectancy in Roman culture was about mid-20s. Averaged in the mid 20s, so you know you want the mortality rate was awful in Rome and during the Roman Empire. And so they're 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 wanting the kid to live. Maybe they're thinking you know anything to help this kid. Is this where we get the idea of dedications and stuff? It's possible. It's come from this kind of thing. All I know is that Jesus wasn't into ceremonies. He wasn't into rituals. This wasn't some good luck thing he was doing. This thing had purpose behind it. He takes those kids. It says in his arms and puts his hands on them and he blesses them. He's doing more than the mothers expected. What's he mean by he's blessing them? Here's what I believe is going on here. I believe he blessed children because he he blessed them with this, that he wanted them to experience the blessings of a dedicated life to God as early as possible. Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before you get old, before you can't walk, before you can't see, before you can't eat, before you're afraid of heights. Do it while you're young. Why? Because it's such a blessed life. Don't put it off. And if the Master desires that babies and little children start off dedicated and focused on God, he's directing them to God, shouldn't I be interested in that too? Shouldn't I want children around me to experience the love of God and the blessings he offers from dedication to him? Look at this last verse. This verse is up on the screen, I believe, yeah. The Bible promises this. Train a child how he lived the right way, and when they're old, he'll still live that way. And I know a lot of people want to debate this passage. And, but I want you to see there's a promise in the Bible that when we train a child, we teach a child, we direct a child, it has an impact later in life, okay? I don't know how many times I've watched kids who were going to church, and then they get away as adults with their own kids, come back to God. Okay, even in that scenario. And I've watched others just keep growing, and they still have those values. Why? Because there's people around to direct them. You need to know something this morning. Go ahead and get your communication card out if you like, because we're getting ready to to close here. And uh, we're going to sing a song um, while you do this. 
after I pray. Okay? But I'll, first, I'll, I want to show you something. I want to show you a clip that uh, I found early this morning. I've been trying to find it and uh, find something. I said, God, give me something that would make us realize just how critical it is, how crucial our role, your role, regardless of how you think of yourself. You know, our kids, your, these kids around us, whether they're yours or not, need your help. And we need to be this church that helps children, okay? Watch this and see if this doesn't help you a little bit. I'll find myself wanting to please the crowd. I'll find myself wanting to please the crowd. I'll need you to remind me that I should obey God. That I should obey God. I'll act like I don't have any problems. I'll need you to show me how to share my struggles with others. I'll want to have a lot of money so I can buy what I want. I'll need you to teach me that my things belong to God. That my things belong to God. I'll struggle with my looks and appearance. I'll need you to remind me that God wonderfully made me. I'll tend to think about myself before others. I'll need you to teach me that the last will become first. The last will become first. The last will become first. I'll think I'm a lot smarter than I actually am. I'll think I'm a lot smarter than I actually am. I'll need you to show me how to learn from God's wisdom. I'll want to avoid hard conversations. I'll want to avoid hard conversations. I'll need you to show me how to speak the truth in love. In love. I'll look for happiness in many different places. I'll need you to show me that joy is found in following Christ. I'll find myself stuck in bad habits. I'll need you to show me the way out. I'll need you to show me the way out. I'll need you. I'll need you. I'll need you. I'll need you. To point me toward Christ when no one else will. To point me toward Christ when no one else will. Let's let's pray together. Father, um, I just... We, Father, ask your help and your guidance, Father. We don't want to be that grumpy person that keeps someone, some child, away from you. Help us, Lord, to learn to be kind. Help us learn, Father, to love and embrace and be tender with the little children around us, Father. For they are so valuable to you and we want them to be valuable to us. Lord, uh, they need our help. They desperately need our help. This world is so broken and busted. Kids are learning all kinds of crazy things. And Father, they need someone to bring some sanity in their life. And Father, we know you can do that and you can do that through us. So help us, Father, be a not only be a church, but be a disciple who can bring a child in our neighborhood, in our school, on the ball team, wherever, a little closer to you. Let us be more aware of it this week, perhaps more than we normally do. Help us see how valuable children really are. They teach us. That's what we ask in Christ's name. Amen.